Excellent. Am, am I on? I am now. Excellent. Um, this is part two of the series um, Crossing the Line. Uh, so if you weren't here last week, um, it's available on the web and on the Facebook page and things like that. But so Crossing the Line uh, is a series we're doing and we're going to be looking at how we live, authentic, how we cross from our safe zone into a God zone, into that place that, because God's scary, God's not tame. But he also is with us and, and can carry us through things. But we want to go from what we can manage and to live in a place where only God can manage with us. So we need him completely. Uh, so that's what we're going to be looking at. Uh, one or two things to look at today. Today's is authentic connections. Remember, there were six things we're going to look at. The ability to connect authentically and build trust. Number two, the ability to walk in truth. So we have real connections. The ability to serve and finish well. The ability to acknowledge and deal with challenge. The ability to want growth. The ability to be authentically spiritual in real life. And today we're doing uh, number one of those after last week's introduction. The ability to connect authentically and build trust. You all up for that? Excellent. Um, I want to explore the authentic connections that grow from authentic love. So love is a big theme of what we're going to look at today. Um, That's uh, really a big, big part of what we're saying and what we're doing. Love is a word that we throw around all over the place. Um, so if we use it all the time, does it cease to be authentic? Does it stop being real? Is it just a word? In any given day, you hear love used in any number of different contexts and in connections with a number of different things. We say, I love it all the time. If you're on Barnsley, you love everybody because the first thing you do is, all right, love. So you love everybody. So we're just a loving kind of town. So you walk up to people, you're all right, love. Even workmates, fellas on a building site, you're all right, love. Yeah, I'm all right, love. You have a good weekend, love. I had a great weekend, love. I have no idea what that's about. It's a lot better than being from Derbyshire where everybody's a duck. In the morning, the first thing I'll say, love you. And Julie will say back, love you. On Facebook, Everybody puts that smiley love thing, you know, the love heart thing, love, love. So, because there's no, like, there's no, like, the trouble is with Facebook, you either like it or love it. You can't, I could do with one in between. Yeah, that's all right, that. I want to, yeah, that's all right button. But no, you love it. You love it. When you text, I've noticed this thing, even blokes do it, even Neil does it to me sometimes. You always end a text by putting your initials and a couple of little X's, a couple of little kisses. So, so if you get it, I'll just do it on autopilot now. So I'll do it. If it offends you, I'm really sorry. It's just on autopilot. So if I send you a text message, it will always have a kiss on the end. Even if it says, where were you? You missed the meeting. Kiss. <laughs> I just love everybody. We just love people. It's what we do. Um, so you get home from work or everything, your partner's there, and the first thing you go is, fellas, I know all you, you, you're bursting through them, and the first thing you say to your loving partner is, I love you. That kind of fell flat, didn't it? <laughs> Fellas, what you're meant to do when you get home, the first thing you're meant to say is, oh, I love you. So good to be home with you. Ladies, I'm really, this is falling on deaf ears, isn't it, fellas? You guys, come on. Oh. Later, you might meet up with your friends. And the very first thing, oh, I love you, I love you guys. Who's ever said, oh, I love you guys? You, you just, you just kind of, fellas do it, women do it, kids do it. Teen, people just... I love you guys, we just, like, we express, and then you go to Costa Coffee, and what's the first thing you say when you walk into Costa? I love coffee. I love coffee. 
Now that's what you say. <laughs> oh, much. <laughs> but because I love it, I spend it anyway. You decide to play a video game. I love this game. That's a really, I love the video game. You decide to go shopping. You love shopping. You love Primark. You love Bon Marsh. I'm going through all the quality ones here. You, you love Poundland. There are lots of things we love. I love my ministry. I love the gifts that the Lord has given me. I love TV. I love watching films. I love food too much. I love wine. I love the dog. I love the cat. Can I love the kids? I love... We love everything. I mean, it's not just me. Because I knew I was going to speak on this this week, I've been kind of taking a mental note and even ticking off the number of times people said they love things. And I've worked out in any given conversation, at some point, people will say, I love this. Which has really left me with this question. Do people actually love? Because, because there's so much to love. We may devalue the amazing thing that love is and perhaps be less than authentic. We might be less than authentic. Neil, I've got to tell you, mate, I love your shirt. I may be being less than authentic. I'm jealous, apparently. I can't carry Neil's shirt off. I'd try, but, you know, I'm going to resist the temptation to try. And on top of all of this love that we're fighting to keep authentic, we use this word love, we have a God of love. And so because we have a God who loves and loves us, and because he first loved us, um, we love him. You know, sometimes the depth of that relationship, the depth of that connection, we've got to fight to keep authentic and keep real. You know, because we're loving everything all the time, the Lord can just become one more thing that we love. The church can just become one more thing that we love. People in it can be just one more person that we love. And so before we know it, actually Costa Coffee and God become kind of the same. They're just things that we love. They're things that we put a nice smiley emoji next to. But actually God wants so much more. We need something bigger because on top of all of that, we also have a relationship with Christ and he loves us completely to the cross and we need to love him back. We need an authentic connection of love with God before we can have an authentic connection with each other. And actually that's often the root cause. Of, of issues and challenges and, uh, because we love something before we love somebody else. You know, things break down and marriages break and relationships break because somebody begins to love something more than the person they've loved. And we had a great, last, last week I did a wedding and we did the vows and I said to the couple getting married that after God, your new partner becomes first before everything. They are first in your love. And I gave a long list of all the things that they come before. And it's a real privilege to see a couple stood there before you and um, seeing the look on their faces because they meant it. They really didn't mean that when they said, I do. Oh, well, actually, um, Louis struggled. He didn't quite know what to say at that point. He kind of said, I would, do you want me to say, I do? Yes, yes, we do want you to say, I do, at this point. And he did eventually say it. He did mean it. We're told over and over again to love one another. So do I love you more than all the things I love on Facebook? Do I love you more than all the things I pronounce I love through the week? 
Do you love me more than all the things you pronounce your love through the week? These are big challenges in our life because we're meant to be um, a reflection of Christ. And Christ loved us so completely. I'm going to come on to that in a few minutes' time. I'm not going to jump ahead of myself. We're told over and over again to love one another. In fact, when Jesus is asked by a group of religious leaders what the greatest commandment is, Jesus responds by saying it is to love God with all your heart and soul and mind and then to love your neighbor. So it's enormous, isn't it? You've got to have an authentic, loving relationship with God so that we can have an authentic, loving relationship with our neighbor. And our neighbor is anybody we have contact with. It's the new people. Yesterday I was challenged in my love for my neighbor. We have a brand new next door neighbor. We live in a cul-de-sac. Everybody knows where they park their cars. And if you don't park in that particular place, you can't get on and off the cul-de-sac, and you can't get your car on and off your own drive. So we arrived home, and our new neighbor had parked where we have a God-given right to park our car. For six years, our car has parked there. Nobody else parks there. We parked there. Our new neighbor had parked there. Worse still, we had been out and bought them a massive, expensive bunch of flowers and a card to welcome them as our new neighbors. And my next-door neighbor on the other side was giggling as he washed his car. He said, he said, I bet you're keeping them flowers now, aren't you? <laughs> and I've got to tell you, for a brief moment, I nearly tantrumed and said, Julie, you've got some flowers. <laughs> In the end, I gritted my teeth. I knocked on the door. Hey, Paul and Julie from next door. We're delighted you moved in. I was really, we went in and we gave them the flowers in the car. And it turned out it was just a dad that was visiting that didn't know any better and parked it there. And immediately dashed out and moved his car. We never mentioned the car. He did that. But for that moment, I've got to tell you, I did not love my neighbour. That's how shallow I am. I went, the car parked in front of the house where I park went from they're that kind of person. As soon as I get in my house, all I'm going to be able to hear is their TV set and their music. They're going to row and shout, and all I'm going to hear is them rowing and shouting. They're never going to cut the grass. They're going to have drunken parties in the backyard right through summer. And I went through this whole catalogue of things. I knew how they were going to ruin my life. But God would have us love them. And actually, when we met them, she's delightful, isn't she? Yeah, we're going to have great neighbours. Um, so we, we were talking about having spring barbecues already, and we'd only known them for like 30 seconds. So um, we're going to endeavor to love her. And if we love God, we can build a connection and hopefully love her and make her feel valued and wanted. She's just been through a tough time, so maybe we can uh, support her and encourage her. Um, there are lots of contexts and usages for the word love that are thrown around throughout any given day. And every time we hear the word love, it can't mean the same thing. We don't mean the same thing whenever we say love. I can't love pizza the same way that I love my family. You can't. You can't love pizza like you love your family. You can put different <laughs> toppings on pizza. You can't do that with your family. Let people share their... Th <laughs> so I just want to ask you to think for a moment. Just think for a moment. I'm going to come to some scripture in a minute. Don't worry. So what you to th I have quoted scripture. I've just not read it out yet. 
What are your thoughts on love? When I say love, what are your thoughts? What comes to mind? What do you process? What do you consider? What is in your heart? What is in your mind? When I say, do you love something? Just, I'm just going to, be, I'm going to be still for about 10 seconds, which is going to seem like a long time. And I want you to think about, when I say love, what do you love? Wow, 10 seconds is a long time, isn't it? I looked at the word love, just while you're thinking what love is and what you love. I looked at the word love in an online dictionary. You know, these kind of you type a word into Google and a dictionary comes up. Um, and there are different definitions for the word love. And the first three that came up were these, which were very interesting. Number one, a profoundly tender, passionate affection for another person. Number two, a feeling of warm personal attachment. Jewel, I just want to let you know I have feelings of warm personal attachment. Well, actually, I shouldn't have said that because number three is a strong sexual passion or desire. Oh, which is true, obviously, um, but not for Sunday mornings. <laughs> you should see my daughter squirming down here now. <laughs> oh, my daughter no longer loves me. I am not convinced by these three definitions of love. Two of them are kind of feel, I feel. And the third one is kind of just about pleasure. So what is a bigger definition of love? Uh, scripture tells us what true, authentic, real love is that allows us to connect genuinely with God and with others. A deep love that we'll, we'll crave to have in our lives. And it's in 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. And it, it very bluntly proclaims what real love is and what it looks like in our lives from God and how it should look as we love one another um, as we reach out into the world. So let's have a look at these verses. Now, I want to tell you, this is about real connection. This is so much more than just loving something on Facebook, something more than just a smiley face. This is something more than just enjoying doing something. It's so much bigger. I enjoy lots of things and I call it love. It's, that's about pleasure. And this is something bigger. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with word or speech, but with actions and in truth. That's powerful, isn't it? That's love. That is going into a whole new zone. That is crossing a line from my... You see, my Facebook love, liking things, loving things, announcing I love things, is very manageable for me. But crossing a line where my life is laid down for another, where there's an expense for other people, that is love. <laughs> When I have something and there's need around me and I begin to meet it and connect into it, that is love. I've got to tell you, why on earth would educated, capable people travel all the way to some dim and dark part of Africa to check out toilets for love? But that can only come from a love of God. You've got to love God in order to be able to engage and be able to love people to that extent. 
And many of us have those things in our lives. It's the beginning of an authentic connection that builds trust. Because as we begin to lay our lives down, as Christ laid his life down for us, we see that he laid his life down for us, so that catches our attention. We begin to listen to what he says. We begin to look at how he lives. We begin to trust that what he says is real because he's backed it up with the entirety of his life, and we begin to connect to him authentically. And church, that's how we need to be as we carry ourselves into this world. Before one another, we need to lay our lives down for one another. We need to be given to one another, not holding back. So that if I say something or do something, I'm around you and I'm serving you, then you know that is authentic and you begin to have a relationship of trust. And then we begin to experience what genuine love really is. And as we reach out into our world beyond, where people don't know God, and they're not Christians, and we might get to serve them, we can lay our lives down for them too. So we're not just doing nice things outside of this building we are genuinely carrying the love of God and as we genuinely carry the love of God people begin to take notice and trust that that is our genuine heart we're not just working on feelings but this is real this is God called and as that trust is built in us they begin to see that the source of that trust the source of that connection the genuine source of that love is a loving God and that's part of the gospel it's part of who we are um, because love is a verb, it's a doing word. It's simply for the sake of saying that the other person matters, even if I get nothing back. That's love. Just as Jesus gave up his life for us, goes on to say that we all sought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. This is a secret, life secret, to making friendships work, to making a dating relationship work, to making a marriage work, to making a relationship and friendship with a colleague at work work. You lay down your life. You serve with integrity and honesty, with authenticity, authentic. It's about valuing people as we seek to live out Christ in our community. Church, we're, we're called to do that. And, you know, we have, we have a bit of a problem as a church. We have a big white building just off the town centre and written all across it, it says Hope House. What does that say to the community outside? We have just proclaimed something to the community. We've said, we're here. And we've also said, hope. There is hope. There is hope. We dare not now be less than that. So church, we've got to learn to connect authentically. We've got to be able to see a bigger picture, something beyond ourselves, something beyond what we can manage. We've got to recognize that we're part of something bigger than just me. Um, we've got to cross that line from our zone into a God zone. Because in that place... We're dependent upon him. And when we're dependent upon God, there is nothing that can't happen. There's nothing that can't happen. You see, with me, all sorts of exciting things can happen, but there will always be boundaries. There will always be restrictions. There will always be an end game. There will always be a moment when I run out of me. But with God, well, that's his zone. And there is no limit. Of the increase of his government and peace, Scripture says there will be no end. There will be no end. We do not run out of God. We do not run out of love. We do not run out of possibility. We do not run out of hope. We do not run out of purpose. It is so completely authentic. It's not about a feeling or anything else. Does anybody like feelings? I like feelings. I nearly burst into song then. Feelings. <laughs> Trouble is, I only know that one word. Feelings. <laughs> what is it? Nothing more than feelings. See, I'm not old enough like you to, to know those old songs. Actually, I remember it from Shrek. I know the song from Shrek, the movie. <laughs> but our lives are about more than feelings. 
And I want to challenge you this morning. Don't live on feelings. Feelings are not bad, but Scripture is very clear. I've had this conversation three times this week. Somebody had it with me, so I've been using it on other people. We live in our heart, but the Bible says, guard your heart. Renewed, transformed mind. Because we live on feelings, all the emotional stuff happens. All the reactive stuff, stuff happens. And we are more than that. We are authentic. So sometimes our heart will tell us one thing. Sometimes our emotions will tell us something. Sometimes we're pulled and tossed and blown by our emotions. But there's something we need to know. We need to know. We guard our hearts. Our mind is transformed. We know that the Lord is true. We yeah. know that he's faithful. And sometimes we have to cling on to that and hold on to that to proclaim it, to walk into it. And that's when we cross into the God zone and we say, no matter what my circumstances, no matter what is happening, no matter what it seems to be prevailing, the Lord is my foundation. The Lord is authentic. And we stand on that. There'll be many, many times where you don't feel love. Does everybody here feel love all the time? Not one person. You love all the time. Oh, you love all, we know you love all of us all the time. Yeah, do you know, if you don't know Rosie, if you're new to us and visiting, I've got to tell you, Rosie just loves everybody all the time. This is actually true. She's not exaggerating. Rosie just loves people constantly many of us don't deserve it but she does what I want to tell you is there are always those things there are always those people unless you're Rosa there are always those people that are a monumental pain in the butt and they are hard to love have any of you come be brave put your hand up if you've ever found somebody or met somebody that is hard to love you may raise your hand now some of you have still not raised your hands. Wow, you are so much better than the rest of us. You, you probably, some people have a capacity to love anybody. They genuinely do. I'm not criticizing. Some people can meet anybody and just love them. I am not that person. I mean, I'm not the person you can't love. I mean, I'm not the person that can love anybody. Please love me. Please. I'm insecure. I just need, I just need to be loved. God's love and connection is bigger than feeling. I feel like I could be friends with that person. I feel like I'd get on with them. I feel like we'd be similar. I feel like we'd share things. So consequently, because I feel like they're a bit like me, I will share the good news of Jesus with them. That's well, a bit rough if you're not like you, isn't it? I'd share Jesus with you, Neil, but you're not quite like me, so I'm going to hold back. Thank the Lord that God loved us so much. Scripture even says when we were his enemies, he gave his life for us. Church, we can't be in the business of prejudging and deciding who we like and who we love and who's good enough and what we feel about people. There's a lost world out there that needs us to just stand up and be Christian and to say this is the good news of Jesus Christ. He laid his life down for us. So part of my laying down my life might be getting to know you and loving you and supporting you and encouraging you. So I'm going to share who Jesus is as part of my life. God's love and connection is bigger than feeling, it's doing. Real love is acting despite what your feelings may be. You see, yesterday, I was genuinely angry that somebody parked in my parking space. I really was. Joking aside, I was really annoyed because it causes so much problems when you live in a cul-de-sac. Who invented cul-de-sacs? It's a French word, isn't it? It says it all. Um, if you're French this morning, the Lord bless you, I love you. Actions build connections and trust. 
And because I could have banged on that door and said, will you move your car? It's in the way I always park there. I've done for six years. That would have not been the start to a great relationship with our new neighbour. In the end, knocking on the door and standing there with a massive bunch of flowers, even though inwardly I'm saying I'm sure we could have got some cheaper flowers that would have still looked nice, because I am from, still from Yorkshire. The response was, oh, that's so lovely, thank you for welcoming us. I'll come and mow the car. Didn't realise, never, we never mentioned the car, did we? Never mentioned it. It's not about feeling, it's about doing. I felt annoyed. I did a kind thing. Sometimes real love means acting um, in a kind way to people that part badly, to bullies, to critics. When people don't love you back, you still love them. When people pull you down or criticize you, you love them. We must be careful that we don't live by knowledge alone, by what we think. See, because that knowledge can sometimes make us arrogant, where love will always make us humble. And we need to be humble people. And I know that's true because Christ humbled himself even to death on a cross. And there's nothing Jesus didn't know. There's nothing he couldn't do. There's nothing he couldn't say. There's nothing he couldn't control. There's nothing, even the wind and waves stopped for him. Even the dead rise again for him. And yet he humbled himself even to death on a cross. So it isn't about knowledge. It is about humility. It is about love and character. But that's the part of the good news we carry outside in this world around that's the moment we become authentically connected like Christ when we humbly love. It's the proactive love of Christ that connected us to God the Father. So in your situation, in your life situation, in your work situation, in what you do, in who you are, you can be authentically Christian. You know, sometimes people say, I don't know enough, I don't know my Bible well enough, I've not read enough, I've not been a Christian long enough. You know what? That is knowledge that you need to grow in and is important, but doesn't stop you, doesn't stop you now from humbly loving people. You can reflect Christ even today, even tomorrow. And it's the truth that people serve us and love us. There are people in a few moments' time that will demonstrate a level of love. It's a simple thing, but they will serve us coffee and clear up. Uh, We will chat and musicians are prepared and planned. Some of you will talk to your colleagues and neighbours at work tomorrow. Some of you will visit somebody who is ill for a cup of coffee. You will connect with people in ways that are demonstrating love and putting yourself into an inconvenient place because people matter and the good news in those lives matter. It's a proactive love of Christ that connected us to God the Father. So church, I encourage you to be authentic in your thinking, authentic in your living, authentic in your connections and that demands that we love. It's not just feeling, it's choosing to act, choosing to respond. It's how we connect real people to real God in real life. It's our proactive love that can connect people to the good news of Jesus Christ. And remember what I said last week, we're not called to maintain, but to multiply. To multiply, we need to connect authentically with the love of Christ. We're not called to fix lives, but to be fruitful. We're meant to be fruitful people, bearing fruit that is healthy, that is good. We're not called to wait for God to move. Church, we are called to be God's movement. See, so often I sit there waiting for the, till it feels right, till it feels right, and then I can act. You know what? We just need to act in faith. Wait until it feels right is my zone. Stepping out and doing is God's zone. It's not about feeling right, it's being called and commissioned to go into all the world. There isn't a right moment. There isn't a wrong moment. 
that is just now. That is just now. This year can be our year of joy and our fun year as Hope House Church. We want to inject fun into Hope House Church this year. We've said that. We've had an intense year. We've had a full-on year. This year is going to be just as intense, just as full-on, but we want to make sure we have fun and joy as a church. So I've asked a question. How does laying down my life for others feel like joy and where's the fun in that? How is that fun? How is that joyful? Well, look. Romans 8 verse 6 says, is the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life. Something happens when we do it for God. The Facebook me and the emoji me and the I love everything and love Costa and I love this and I love that and I love all these things, that is all my feelings thing, that is a mind governed by the flesh. And I pick and choose and judge and condemn and opt for and opt out of and opt into. And that is just death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life. It's life. And it wants to be alive. And it wants to share that life. And it it just carries that. And even in the hard times, when everything in me is going, I just want a small corner to curl up in and to be by myself and to go and do something and do which way I feel safe. You know what? When we step out in life, into that God zone, what can't God do? What can't God do? If you're that person that says, but I have nothing and I am nobody, I'm not eloquent, I'm not this, I just like my quiet space, I'm all these different things, I'm not good enough, I'm insignificant. You know, that makes you very, very powerful when you step into the God zone. Because there's a humility there. There's a weakness there. And when there's a weakness, the joy of the Lord is our strength. When Christ authentically loved the world, he connected with it, influenced it, changed it, redeemed people in it, and brought transformation to it. Was it easy for Jesus? No. Was, it, was there a cost for Jesus? Yes. Did everyone understand him? No. But for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Even when his friends had run away and abandoned or betrayed him, for the joy set before him. So church this year is going to be a joyful year. I believe this year is going to be a joyful year. I believe when we baptise people and the Baptists are just here, that is going to be a joyful time. I believe we're going to have a whole pile of fun this year doing things. We're going to have a lot of fun that we can engage people with because people matter and we want to put joy into people's lives. We want to put happiness into people's lives and fun into people's lives. But that's got to be authentically connected to the love of God. It's not just doing fun things for the sake of fun things. It's about saying our God is a God of love, who cares about you, who's passionate about you, who wants to laugh with you and bring joy to you. And we want to find ways to do that and say, because that's that's who God is. You know, heaven is not somber. Heaven is not... Oh, hang on. Nobody believed me. It's not glum. When somebody gives their life, when Scripture is very clear... We burst out into praise and singing and joyful sound. It's a big party time every time somebody gives their life to the Lord. Scripture says that. It's clear. It's true. Honestly, it is. Okay, so there's a big party of three angels in heaven going, yay, yay. When we get there, you'll see. What I'm saying is that what we do and say, how we act out our love, why we connect, will bring satisfaction, can bring fulfillment, can bring trust that can be a life that is authentic and connects with people a life that breathes life into others authentic connection that's what living by the spirit should look like Um, i'm going to ask the band to come back up onto the stage if you would this church right now 
I found this in a book I was reading recently, and I just, I just typed it out just to think on this. This is the only time in all history when you get to fight for God. This is the only part of your eternal story when you are actually in the battle. When you die, you'll be in celebration mode in a glorified body in a whole different set of circumstances. This life is your limited window of opportunity to fight the good fight for all you're worth. So we need it to be authentic. We need it to be a fight that we fight that is authentic. Where we're touching lives. See, our fight is not against flesh and blood. It's against principalities and powers. That means we get out to live life with people. Other people are not the opposition. People that don't understand us and don't want us, they're not the opposition. They're people to engage with, to authentically connect with, to love, to talk to, to embrace, to get alongside and lay our lives down for the way that Christ did. We are called to do the extraordinary job of stepping out of our safe boat on a Sunday and stepping into the world on Monday. For me, that's like walking on water, stepping out of this safe boat into that Monday world. Church, we live in a realm of faith and love that's in between the secure Sunday and walking on water Monday. We aren't called to be Sunday people, but to be everyday people who know that Sunday's always coming. We live in the presence of God, and we can do that. That makes us authentic in our relationships, authentic in our connections. Our vision is bigger than this. Our vision is kingdom, kingdom of heaven. Our connections then are authentic and can be trusted. Because I'm not saying trust me, trust what my feelings are. I'm saying trust the word of God, trust the actions of God, trust who Jesus is, trust what he's done. So who's up for stepping out right now? Who's up for stepping into that place of authenticity? Our actions of love to those around us, unsaved, will build trust and connection. And I believe see salvation. But it's about walking well and authentically before God. It's not just feeling, it's doing the Christian life. So we're going to sing in a moment. We're going to sing, we're going to worship. And as we do that, just as you're ready... Just as the band sing over us and proclaim this song over us, as you're ready, I'm going to ask that, don't just stand automatically because we're singing. You know, like church, you hear the first chord and then we all stand and then we begin to sing when we've worked out what the song is. We're not going to do that. I'm going to ask the band to worship and to lead over us, if that's okay. And as you're ready before God to say, actually, I want to authentically stand before God. I want to learn to authentically love the way that God has. I want to authentically carry my Sunday experience into my Monday morning walking, my Monday morning living. If you're ready for that, if you feel it's right for you to do that, I'm going to ask you to stand when you're ready. So, Father, I just want to pray for this whole congregation here, for our kids coming back in, for the families we're connected with and those that we know. Lord, we pray that we would be a people that don't just live on feelings, but people that see who you are, that experience who you are. Lord, as you've loved us, that we would love you, that we would authentically connect with you so that we can authentically connect with and love those around us. And not just in this room, but beyond it. So Holy Spirit, we invite you now to touch our lives. Lord, that our minds will be renewed, that our hearts will be guarded, that our vision and our voice will be about Jesus. Lord, we want our real lives to be Christ-filled. We want our real lives to be empowered by your Holy Spirit so that we are your witnesses, so that we bear fruit, 
so that they begin to move in your gifts so that there are words into people's lives so that there is transformation so that there is healing so that there is salvation and discipleship so Lord as we worship you now we pray Holy Spirit you would touch lives in this room and prepare us and send us out Amen song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you Jesus, the name above every other Jesus, the only one who could ever say, Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. Oh, we live for you. Holy, there is no one like you, there is none beside you. Open up my
you that we can build our lives on your love, an authentic love, God's love that sent Jesus to this world to save us and to die on a cross and to rise again. Lord, we just thank you for your love for us. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him won't perish but will have everlasting life. Lord, we thank you for your love this morning. Amen. If you are a visitor this morning, you're very welcome. If you want to find out more about us, we have our new Connections Corner over there. Uh, We're going to have tea and coffee and fellowship together now, so God bless.